everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is getting their week off to a great start. Hope everybody is having a great month. I hope that the things that you desire uh, to do, the things you seek to accomplish are falling in line. Remember what I always tell you, though, no matter where you're at, in the fight, no matter where you're at in your journey. If you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare surrender. Don't turn around. Um, now, on that note, here we are. It's Tuesday, so it's Transformational Tuesday. And I'm going to give you eight key elements and components of positive transformation. Uh, before I do, I want to let you know that there are some awesome opportunities right now. Speaking of transformation, um, my rapid change uh, method is one of the ways that I'm able to help people experience almost immediate shifts and changes in their lives. And right now that uh, normally is $450 a session. Uh, right now uh, for a limited time today, it is $175. And I'm also throwing in two complimentary sessions. So that's three sessions for less than half the price of one. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You'll get to see a lot about what happens in these sessions as we talk about positive transformation today. Also, uh, for those who are looking to go more intensive and be more engaged, uh, I also have my bronze package, which is a 12-week package. Uh, it is normally $3,500 right now, today only. If you register for the bronze package, you will get a free upgrade to the gold package, which is $69.95, no, $79.95, and it is 26 weeks. So basically, you're going to get uh, double plus two um, on that, and I promise you, again, you will not be disappointed. These are for people who can see the value, for people who are looking for some serious uh, intervention, some serious engagement, some serious change. Uh, I'm telling you it's out there. I'm telling you if you want it, you can have it. I'm also telling you, you're going to have to invest in yourself, not just in money, but in time, energy, effort, patience, resilience, uh, focus. And we're going to talk about some of those things, the key elements and components of change. But I wanted to make you aware of what's in that because it's time sensitive. Uh, and urgency is one of the things that we're going to talk about that's so important in creating lasting, consistent, and positive change. Let me first start off by saying, when I talk about change and transformation, I'm not talking about some utopia that you move into and life just flows, nothing ever happens, and you live life happily ever after. I think that we are constantly bombarded with this romanticized idea of what life looks like, and we are constantly met with true reality, and it really douses our flame because we want that life that we saw in the movie. We want that life we read about in the novel. We want that life that is constantly being pushed. The truth of the matter is you create your life, but in the creation of those of your life, there are simply things you do not control. There are going to be times in situations that are not favorable and how you manage those times is going to have a massive impact on the outcome of your life. So it's not about this sweet spot that you hit. It's about the capacity 
to navigate life at the highest level and achieve things despite the challenges that you're going to face. You are going to come into some situations. I, I often say you cannot uh, circumvent the vicissitudes of life, which simply means you are not going to be able to get around these unexpected changes that flow into your life. What you can do is have the capacity to manage them, have the capacity to navigate them, have the capacity to move around. Hello, Latell. Uh, move around them and achieve great things despite of them. Matter of fact, you will learn how to embrace the challenge. Why? Because the challenge is where you grow. The challenge is where you strengthen yourself. The challenge is where you develop a greater capacity, where you expand your potential. So uh, let's talk. The first thing we're going to talk about is how to identify and understand what you want to change and why. One of the most difficult impediments to change is not knowing what you want to change into. See, change is a part of growth uh, when you do it correctly. It's, but growth needs to be intentional. You need to know what you want to grow in, what direction you want to grow in, what you want to become, how you want to live your life. What does it look like? There needs to be a level of clarity. You need to understand it with clarity. You need to be able to visualize it. And when you're able to visualize it and you can see it in clarity, you're able to create it as you move along. You're also able to recognize it as it starts to materialize. Now, here's the thing. You also need to understand your why. If you don't know your why, you will end up shelving it because the challenges are going to come. Anything worth having is on the other side of that wall, that wall of fear, that wall of uncertainty, that wall of pain, that wall of delay, that wall of frustration, that wall of disappointment. It's on the other side. So if you don't have a why that's big enough, a why that's powerful enough, when you get to that wall, you'll quit. You'll go back and you'll find something simple, something easy, something less challenging, something that doesn't require as much sacrifice, and you will end up not uh, achieving the thing you set out to achieve. Your why is important. Why are you doing it? I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it because I'm building a legacy. I'm doing it because it's my purpose. I'm doing it because I owe it to God. Whatever it is, it has to be big enough that when you look at it, I, I'm doing it because I'm saying I'm setting the example for the people that follow me and my family of what's possible. I'm the one that's breaking the generational curse of poverty. I'm the one that's breaking the generational curse of low self-esteem. I'm the one that's break whatever it is. It's got to be powerful enough that when you encounter the inevitable challenges that you will meet, you're not shaken to the core and sent running. You are standing firm and you are pressing through. That's the first thing. The next thing is you got to learn how to change your habits. And one of the things that I teach in my interventions in my in my one-on-one -on -one engagements is the ease at which you can change a habit where you can literally take a habit that is considered a poor habit producing poor results and what you do 96% of what you do is habitual it's it's programmed into your subconscious and you do it without thinking 96% of your decision-making is habitual. You think you're consciously evaluating it, but you've already made the decision before you evaluate it. Everything you do from your drive home is subconscious. It's habitual. You just do it. 
So if you want to change it, you got to change it at the subconscious level. And I show you that you've got to learn how to change these and you change them best by replacing a poor habit with a good habit. And it takes anywhere from 21 to 30 days to do this. It takes consistent effort. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. But when you do this, you will see your life changing on 30 day swings. It's an awesome thing. Just how much you can change by changing your habits. You are what you do habitually. If you're habitually in the gym, you're going to see work. If you're putting in work when you go to the gym and you are habitually a gym rat, you're in the gym and you're putting in the work, you're going to see results. Now, you may have to make adjustments to different things that you're doing to get the optimal results, but you're not going to sit in the gym four, five, six days a week and have the same health outcome if you're sitting at home in front of the television. Simply not going to happen. The habit is going to change the outcome. It's that simple. And it's in any other thing. The thing that you invest in and you put time in and it becomes a habit is going to produce for you what you are putting into it. Next, attracting and interacting with positive people. Uh, um, I, I say this all the time. Association brings about assimilation. You are going to be the average of the five people you spend the most time around. So it endeavors the mind to seek out people who are elevated, not just in their position, financially, uh, business-wise, socially, but in their thinking. You want people who have a positive mindset. You want a people who don't have a problem fanning your flames. You don't. You want people who are naturally inclined to encourage and inspire you. You want people who will hold you accountable and give you, uh, give you uh, constructive criticism. And how do you understand and know the difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism? Destructive criticism, everything is criticized. All you hear is criticism. It's a constant assault on what's wrong. Constructive criticism is always embodied in praise. It's always embodied in encouragement. What do I mean? Hey, I think that you should do this differently. Hey, I think that you may be a little off here, but I truly believe you're on your way. I truly believe you can do this. I am so excited about what you're about to do. I think you may need to shift over here a little bit. What you're doing right there probably won't work, but you are definitely capable of making it happen. I'm on your side. Let's go make it. Let's go make it happen. That's the difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism. You need people in your circle, in your immediate periphery that are going to ignite something on the inside of you and facilitate your elevation. You are responsible for attracting it and you're going to attract a lot of these people by the way you think, by the way you talk. So you've got to change your habit of thinking, change your habit of talking, change your habit of expectation. What are you expecting? God, life and the universe all meet you at the level of your expectation. You're never going to get consistently above what you expect. If you're expecting to fail, you'll fail. Nothing wrong with failure if you learn from it and you grow from it and you get beyond it. The idea that failure isn't an option is a setup. 
Nobody gets through life without experiencing failure. It's not the failure that's the problem. It's whether you're going to bask in it. It's whether you're going to identify with it. It's whether you're going to stick with it. It's whether you're going to lay and wallow in it. Or are you going to stand up and say, well, won't do that again. Oh, learn something there. Well, I'm a little better at this. Now, you actually get, even in the gym, you get stronger by what? Failing. You, you, You do a bench press until you, you you fatigue, you fail at the end of the workout because you can't go any longer. What happens? You come back the next time, you're able to do a little bit more. Why? Because you grew in your failure. Same thing with mental uh, development, emotional development, and so much more. Next is flexibility. If you don't develop flexibility, if you are so rigid in your idea of how things are going to materialize in your life, you're going to miss opportunities because oftentimes the path to where you're going won't look the way you thought it would when you came up with the idea, when you came up with the notion, when you first visualized it. But it will be a path to the same destination. You've got to be flexible in your movements. Now, that you've got to be fixed and committed to the outcome. Once I make up in my mind that I'm going to get something, I'm either going to get it or I'm going to die trying. I'm not giving up on it. I'm not tossing it to the side. I'm not saying, well, that isn't for me. No, if I can visualize it in my mind, if I have good intentions to do with it and I I am fixed on it, it's absolutely nothing that can stop me now except me by quitting. I'm not talking about flexibility in, well, I tried. No, I'm talking about flexibility and path and approach. You need to be able to say, okay, Maybe it's not this way. Maybe it's that way. But I'm getting there. I just need to figure out how. And I, and, and I need to be flexible in how I'm approaching it because the person I think will help me probably won't. Trust me. The person that I'm last expecting to help me just might. Trust me. And so I've got to be open-minded and flexible about how I'm going to achieve this thing. I've got to be committed to it, but I've got to be flexible in how I move. The next thing is fueling your mind, body, mind and body for successful transformation. Look, there are uh, numerous studies on the importance of psychosomatic influences in overall health environmental influences and overhead. When I say environmental, I'm talking about stress levels. So in essence, I need to be in a a situation where my mind is at peace, that it's growing. Why? Because if my mind is at peace, it's going to be reflected in my physical health. Same thing in my physical health. If my physical health is, 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 is optimized, then it's going to be reflected in my mental health. They work together. It's a psychosomatic connectivity uh, that will either pro- uh, prolong life or shorten life. It's one of the areas. Matter of fact, I just did a workshop this past Saturday on epigenetics and psychology and adverse childhood experiences and the long-term health implications of stressful environments. And so what you need to do is you need to create positive environments. You need to create a positive mindset. You need to feed your mind things that are positive. You control what you read. You control what you watch. You control what you hear. It's your it's your responsibility to incessantly feed your mind the things that grow it in a positive mindset, settle it down, reduce stress, increase, increase peace. And 
the ability and belief that anything can be accomplished. The moment you reach a point where you believe anything can be accomplished, stress levels are going to drop because there's nothing that you're going to encounter at that point that you don't believe you can overcome. If I believe I can overcome it, it doesn't have the same impact on me, no matter how devastating it may be, as when I believe that I have no control over it. That's the difference between a conqueror and a victim. The, the conqueror believes, hey, I'm here, but I'm coming out. The victim is looking at, look what keeps happening to me. Life isn't happening to you. Life is responding to you. Life is be, be, uh, being shaped by you. You don't control all of the external factors, but you control each and every time you encounter something, how you're going to respond to it. Most people tend to react. Reactions very rarely turn out with good, cons I mean, good, good outcomes. So that's the next thing. So, the, and then here's a big one, developing emotional intelligence and resilience. Emotional intelligence uh, is a relatively new phrase, been around uh, a little over 30 years. Um, Corn, I want to say in 1990. And it's about being aware of your emotions, being able to properly and effectively manage your emotions, understanding how your emotions impact you and impact others, and then be able at a higher level by managing your emotions to help other people manage theirs. And when you have emotional intelligence, you don't become thwarted. You don't become frenetic and unglued at, at challenging moments. You don't get, become shaken. You don't sit up and make poor decisions and emotional stupors. You are in control of your life. It doesn't mean you don't experience emotions. It means that you experience it with a level of emotional maturity that allows you to push the emotions aside once you become aware of what it is and deal with it from a reasonable reasonable and rational perspective by allowing the executing functioning area capacity of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, to guide you. You can trust intuition, you can trust your reason, your rationale, your knowledge, your expertise, but when you combine them together and you put emotion behind you, there are so much you can do. So that's another thing that we work on when I work with my clients. Then creating a sense of urgency. I told you about that before we ever got started, that urgency is so important. That's why uh, I put limited times on this, because if you're going to act on it, you're going to act on it. Those offers that are in that box are great for a limited time, and then they're going to go back to the regular price. And here's the thing. This year, that value is extremely high because I'm not working with it as many people one-on-one -on -one as I have in the past. There are other things, like I said, workshops. I'm going to be doing a lot more workshops. I'm going to be doing a lot more on location intensive uh engagements with individuals and groups uh but these will be intensive so that means we're going to show up to a location and we're going to be there for a day to a weekend and we're going to do work that's going to be something else that i'm going to be doing towards the second part of the year so get ready for that uh, it's going to be excited. I'm, I'm really, truly excited about the direction we're going in. But the goal is always to help people grow, to help people advance, to empower people to do the things that they want to do in their lives. Uh, so, again, urgency. You've got to know when to act. There is no perfect timing. There is no perfect opportunity. 
waiting on that to happen. When this finally gets done, when that finally gets done, you're losing opportunity. Opportunities are passing you. Seize the opportunities. Take advantage of the opportunities. There has to be a level of urgency. The reason I set my goals so astronomically high is because of the urgency it creates. What does that mean? That means I don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I'll chill to so-and-so and so. Then I'll eventually, I know when I wake up in the morning that I've got to give that day what I have. I've got to find a way to love on the ones who need me to love on them. I've got to find a way to uh, be present in the moment. I've got to find a way to be 100% on point with my clients. And I've got to do this. This is my day. You've heard me say this at the end of almost all of my videos that I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. What does it mean? I live life with a level of urgency, not fear, not trepidation, not anxiety, but a level of urgency. And the urgency simply says you don't have time to waste. You've got 86,400 seconds in a day. 86,004, that's it. When they're gone, they're gone. What are you doing with it? What you do with your 86,400 seconds is going to determine the outcome of your life. You can sit up and you can talk about it. You can dance around it. You can make up. When that 86,000 of today is gone, and think about it, seven to eight hours of that is done sleep, is you sleeping. So then you've got what's left to manage effectively and use. If you don't have a sense of urgency, you're going to toss it away. You're going to use it in a casual manner that does not produce the desired results and what's going to be the outcome if you are fortunate enough to make it to your destination it's going to take you longer to get there and you're not going to get as much out of it if you wake up every day and you understand yes i need to have some fun yes i need to enjoy my loved ones yes i need to be able to relax and recover but i cannot throw away my time so everything has to matter give your time meaning. Every second has meaning to me. Doesn't mean every moment I'm running around looking for something to do. It means a chocolate milk. Procrastination. I need to put this up here because this is a big one. Uh, procrastination is a thief of time. But what you've got to understand is urgency is the thing of the moment. That's why I challenge my clients. It's not going to be this perfect opportunity. It's not going to be the situation. Some I had a client, you know, I have people all the time and it blew, it, it, it blew my mind then, not really, because I've made sacrifices similar. But I had a client that stood up and said, look, I, when, I saw your, when I saw your video, I knew that I needed to work with you. I didn't have what you were you were charging for that particular thing. I'm not going to say how much it is, but I didn't have it. I went out and got a loan because I saw the value in working with you. That person now has been with me for three cycles. This is her third time around. So she learned enough in the first time around to change her financial situation completely by changing how she moved in her own industry. And then she was able to pay for the second time around out of her own pocket, repay the loan, and then re-up a third time. But there is a, you've got to make up in your mind. Maybe I'm not your guy. Get your guy. Maybe it's 
ET, maybe it's Les Brown, maybe it's Tony Robbins, maybe it's Lisa Nichols. There are people out there, I can tell you, I've studied them, I've talked to them, I've been around them, that are on their A-game. And some of them aren't going to be names you recognize like the ones I mentioned. But those I have uh, at some level interacted with. And I know I actually relaunched my entire business career after working with Tony Robbins myself. And you, if you know anything about Tony, that wasn't cheap for me. And at the time I did it, I didn't have it. That, when I tell you that was a similar comparison to this person who got the loan to work with me, I didn't. I sold the only thing I had of real true value to create that opportunity. And I have never regretted it, never once. And I became my own person. I'm not Les Brown. I'm not E.T. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Lisa Nichols. I'm not any of those people. I am a person that has spent 30 years developing a special strategy uh, and concept I call Visionetics. And in that, I teach people how to visualize a future that they didn't think was possible and then manifest it. It's a literal step-by-step -step process that's within the confines of your very design. <laughs> you, you, Lee, you tired of hearing about the earrings? But those earrings, man, financed a rebirth. And they, I guess it was a reason. Those are the only things left behind that represented my past success. And But imagine, when you have this past success, let me explain something to you. Now, imagine where I was mentally. I had lost everything that I worked my life, my adult life to build. And the only thing left to show I ever had that life in my ears. Now, 1.75 carats a piece. These weren't small earrings. Um, I, 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 when I did what I did, I did it. I'll put it that way. But this is a new chapter in my life. It wasn't about what I could do, what I could wear, what I could be, where I could go. It was about who I could impact. I tell people all the time, the first half of my life was about me, about me living my life the way I wanted to improving that I had arrived. The second half of my life has been about my legacy. What am I leaving behind? Whose lives have I touched? Whose lives have I helped them to change? That's important. But imagine me at that point. The only thing I have to show that life existed in my mind, at least at that time, is those earrings. But I had to part with them. I had to part with them because where I was going was something bigger. What I wanted to do was something bigger. And I had to let go of the past in order to take hold of the future. Sometimes it's hard to let go because you are I, you're so anchored in it, you can't let go of it. Even if it's a good thing, you've got to let it go so that you can move forward because what's in front of you is always better and bigger than what's behind you. Look, it's easy to sit up and accept defeat. It's easy to sit up and say, I can't do it. It's easy to sit up and say, you know, uh, this is working against me. It's this, it's that. I was born with this. I was born, look, I was born to a 15-year-old mother and an absent father. The first time I saw my pops was in his casket. And it's a bunch of people that have been through that. And I, I could easily sit up and say, I'm doomed. I grew up in an impoverished neighborhood. All I saw was poverty. We didn't really experience it. My grandparents, for where they came from, were doing okay. We weren't rich. 
but we weren't starving. Lights never got turned off. None of that. Bills got paid every month and they got they cycled out vehicles. Uh, so I grew up around poverty, but I grew up with people who were showing me that that was something better at the same time. Let me explain something to you. Your job is to be your best. The designer designed you for greatness. The designer did not design you for mediocrity. The designer did not design you to just exist, to be in constant survival mode. I'm not telling you that, that there's this place you get to and nothing ever goes wrong again. I, I can't tell you that because I haven't found it yet. What I can tell you is there's a level you get to that no matter what goes wrong, you rest yourself assured and with the confidence that you've got inside of you what it takes to overcome it. I'm not where I'm at because I found an easy path. I'm where I'm at because I made up in my mind that there was no other option but success. I made up in my mind that delay was not going to write uh, a rejection letter for me. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you get to a point, you say, well, I've been trying for, and you can add any number of days, weeks, months, or years to that. And obviously if I was going to get there, I would have it. I don't, I don't have that wired in my mind that, oh, at a certain point, if you haven't gotten there, it's not meant. No, what I do know is the longer it takes me to get there, the more fulfilling it is when I do. I, I can tell you that that's always been the case. The longer and the harder the road, the tougher the fight, the greater the reward. So I'm not shaken by delay. I'm not shook up by resistance and turmoil and all these things that turn people around. I work with my clients to develop an understanding about themselves that shakes loose all of these limiting beliefs and ideas that are embedded in us most at an early age that shape the paradigms through which we live life, make our decisions and, and, and set our aspirations. Put them aside. God didn't design you for mediocrity. He didn't design you to be average. You have a responsibility to the designer to live life at the level of your design. Now, if you think that this awesome creator decided to create something average and mediocre, you shake, you, 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 you all shook up. But if you acknowledge that the designer does not design trash, then you've got to acknowledge that at the very core, your design isn't mediocre. You simply have not access the potential resting on the inside of you that it will challenge you to rise above everything that you're facing to live life at the level of your design, which is the greatest honor you can pay to the designer. Fulfill the design. So my thing is on Transformational Tuesday, you control what you become. And what you get in life is in direct correlation to what you become. You don't get what you want. You get who you are. If you want something, you've got to become the person that has the capacity to produce it. That means you're going to have to read. That means you may have to take some courses. That means you are going to have to do your own research. You may have to hire somebody to facilitate it. That's a part of the process. Stop creeping, trying to find shortcuts and go all in. 
Yes, you're going to slip a little bit. You're going to falter. You're going to bump your head, scratch your knees. You're going to go through. That's a part of the journey. But what I can tell you is in the attempt to avoid slipping, in an attempt to avoid failure, in an attempt to keep from getting bruised up or bumping your head, you will rest stagnant and unfulfilled. And you will at some point take your potential to the grave. One of my mentors, Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, once said that the wealthiest place on this planet is at the cemetery. Dreams unfulfilled, books unwritten, companies not started, inventions not created, on and on and on. People waiting on the right, right timing, people waiting on the perfect situation and opportunity. People uh, acquiescing to fear and not moving. Ultimately, it's up to you what you're going to do with your life. It's not what you're born into, because trust me, I wasn't born into the, uh, the best situation. And I've worked with people born into much worse situations than myself. And I've watched them sprout up. I've got a kid. He's not a kid no more. He's in his 30s. That just hit me up. He's now living in Costa Rica. He has Asperger's, which was not, which is now, and the DSM-5 just referred to it uh, as autism spectral disorder, high end of the spectrum. Uh, but when I started working with him, he has this vision of being an international businessman, a person with autism. You think at one moment I gave him any indication that I thought he couldn't? No, man, let's work. This dude now, man. He has a team of people who are all at the height of what they do, doctorates and this and that and engineers and everything. And he's the he's the mind behind it. And he's now and he's like, man, you need to. No, he's not in Costa Rica. I take it back. He's in the he's in the Dominican. He's literally living there. Hey, doc, you need to come. It's me that's thinking about moving to Costa Rica. I apologize. But he's in, in the Dominican. This is a guy that just sit up and decided I'm going to be something and did it. Now, the beauty about the autism and kids is they don't have all this other stuff telling them by way of memory and uh, observation and consulting everybody else's opinion. They don't have that telling them they can't do it. So when they said, I'm going to do it. And then the person they tell they're going to do it is me. And I say, well, hey, let's do it. That's the, the idea of failing isn't isn't even 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 there. So even when you experience a setback, it's not considered a final failure. I tell people all the time, failure isn't final until you quit. Everybody's going to experience failure, but it isn't final until you quit. That's the one thing I haven't ever did. I tell people all the time, those who follow me consistently know this. They hear it. Hopefully it's literally a seed planet. And there's a reason why I repeat certain principles over and over and certain stories over and over. I want them to anchor in the psyche of people because they become driving forces in how they process information. But look, you are going to have to be willing to break through and sit up and say failure isn't final. If I don't quit... And I tell people all the time that my one word isn't smart, 
it isn't intelligent. If I if you had to define me and my success, what 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 led to my success? It isn't how smart I am. It isn't uh, my degrees. It isn't uh, who I know. It wasn't my athletic ability. It was you know what it was. Relentless. My one word. I'm not quitting. And I'm telling you, there are times I've gotten my butt kicked. Last year was a humdinger. This year started out challenging. But I keep going. And when I look back, I say, like, whoa, look at this. And I'm going to tell you something else. There are times that this, this, this volatility in life is so intense, you're looking up and you're trying to stand and be firm and do what it is you know you need to do. And you don't even realize it. You're making moves and, and, and accomplishing things and progressing. And you'll look up when it, when it finally comes, you'll look around and go, man, I did that in the storm. Look, I don't know your personal story I don't know everything that you've been through. But what I can tell you is there's no place you can come from, no situation you could have been born into, no reality you could have experienced, no poor decision you could have made that has locked you into a mediocre life for uh, the rest of your life. You have the ability to change your thinking. You have the ability to change your aspirations. You have the ability to change your goals. You have the ability to consult a vision on the inside of your spirit and then move on it. I'm challenging you. Stop settling and get started. Again, I'm about to get off of here. As I said at the beginning, there are two ways you can work with me. Well, a bunch of ways you can work with me. The two ways in there uh, unbelievable offers. One is my rapid change, which is a transformational program, a, a method I created to help people immediately in the moment, see what they can do and immediately shift. It's powerful. Um, it's, it was literally meant to be done in one interaction, but I am now, it's a $450 uh, session. I'm offering it for $175 and I'm giving two complimentary sessions. This is again, a limited, limited thing. Take advantage of it or it will be gone. And then I don't know how many of these I'm going to do this year, but it won't be as many as last year. Same thing with my bronze package. That's a 12 week package regularly priced at $3,500. Now, if you register for the bronze package, I'm going to f upgrade you for free uh, for the, uh, gold package, which is 26 sessions and regularly priced at, I want to say, $79.50. So, again, uh, these are opportunities. It's not for everybody. Uh, and there are people I literally actually turn down. I'm not turning anybody down for these, uh, but I have turned people down. When I interview you, if I see uh, that you're not seriously committed, there's nothing we can do because what I do requires commitment. And I want people who are ready for change. This isn't just about money for me. This is about getting with people who want to experience change. And just because a person has money doesn't mean they're ready. So on that note, look, if you're serious and you want to do something, it's a good day to do it. Uh, whether you work with me or not, make a commitment to start operating and processing and using these eight steps. The fine one is sustain and maintain successful change. 
you're going to have to be proactive. You're going to have to be engaged. You're going to have to be committed. You're going to have to be willing to look at challenges and act accordingly and be consistent in your desire to grow. And you will sustain what you've trained and you will continue to intentfully grow into something bigger, stronger, better, and more effective. As I say all the time, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. I cannot explain to you how important that is to me. I'm leaving a legacy of lives I've touched, I've changed, I've healed, I've helped. The goal in this life is to leave a life so well lived, not perfectly lived, that doesn't exist, but so well lived that it speaks of you after you're gone. It's time to get to work. On that note, you guys have an unbelievable remainder of your day. I'm out.